my cup. Pink via decker wusste sie kleine Farben top. Geht mir kein Sachlin, die Drop. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and this week we have part two of my conversation with Gabe Dunn, which is fascinating and interesting, like all of my interviews. Um, I what a week uh, it's been. I I have to t- I have to tell you, first of all, I had to pick up Elisa from her colonoscopy. Uh, and she was miserable for two days with the, I mean, the prep is really, you have to get it done, but the prep is ridiculous. Okay. So that was on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday last week, uh, we went to see the most amazing, incredible, wonderful play, uh, of prayer, prayer for the French, I can't talk prayer for the French Republic. And it's, it's closing in March, but if you're in the New York area, it's, it's, amazing. The acting, the writing, the story, it's just incredible. And so important. It's very today. You know what I mean? It's very, it really resonates on what's going on in the world today. Then we did, uh, I did the Sherry show, um, which was a lot of fun. They're doing 50 over 50, which is a, you know, women, women comedians who are over 50 competing. I mean, I hate the competition part, but I really, um, I really loved it. I love that she's building up women over 50. You know, one of the comics who was performing the second one who, who actually won, she won. Uh, they were both great, but the second one had a harder spot. But when she got there, the, the, the thing around the mic, you know, that says Sherry, um, it fell, it kind of fell and she had a mishap and, she made it funny. She said, oh no, uh, I'll buy you a new one. But that to me was the defining moment was that she had a harder spot and she got them. She ended up getting them and she ended up dealing with something that happened in the moment. So that for, for us really, but they were both fantastic. Um, so that's fun. And I love Sherry Shepard. And then we, of course we went to, Ben's games. And I have to tell you the Bates game. So they played against Bates and last year, someone at the Bates, uh, game yelled something anti-Semitic to Ben and he complained and we were supposed to go to the Bates game, but Ben had, you know, hurt himself with his roommates playing around with a knife or like ridiculous. He's like, I don't know how much I'm going to play. And of course he played the whole time. So I wish we had gone, but by the time he told us it was too late to get to fucking Maine. So they were, I wa- we watched on, on the stream and they were the Bates fans were screaming, fuck Trinity. They yelled, uh, really disgusting things about, you, you know, horrible, horrible. I didn't hear anything specifically homophobic or anti-Semitic, but when I asked, they said it was everything. It was everything. So, uh, you know, Bates, you, you're disgusting. And Williams was, was really very, also very awful yelling shit at the team. And I just don't understand it. And, and Henry's like, that's college basketball. And I'm like, it's obnoxious and rude. And they were yelling stuff at Bates that you would get kicked out of an NBA game for. And no one did anything. 
So I might be Ruth Gold, my mother, and write a letter or an email because it's not right. It happened last year and again this year, and it's disgusting. But um, they beat them. And then we went to Tufts and they won again. But the best part at Tufts, they, you know, they also yell, but they yelled at Ben. You have too many moms and your mom's not funny. (laughs) Which made me laugh so much. Like he's shooting a foul shot and they're like, your mom's not funny. And I'm like, I didn't hear it, but Ben told me afterwards. And I thought, oh my God, that's hilarious. So I might name my tour. Someone suggested it on Instagram. My next tour will be your mom's not funny. And then last year, last year we, there was a, 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 a call the ref made and Elisa was like, that wasn't, you know, I, I don't know. She yelled something and some, one of the dads, this is a tough dad was like, Oh, you girls, blah, blah. You know? And I turned around. I said, what did you say? You know, like I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Uh, don't call us girls. And he said, who's your barber? Cause my hair was like out of control. And I said, who's my barber? Who's your therapist? What are you, 12? And he shut the hell up. What is with these parents acting like fucking two-year-olds? The whole thing is, I just can't, we don't do that at Trinity. It's just awful, awful. So the worst offenders are Trinity, I'm sorry, the worst offenders, Bates, Williams, and then I'll go a little, Tufts is a little, you know. But they're and they're these guys that would that can't play and they just taunt people and it's just so obnoxious. And it's you know, bullying. It's the, the it just put it just pushes my buttons because I was a bullied kid. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. Look at you. Anyway, um, so that's that. So we don't know what's happening as far as where we're going, if we're going to um you know, Fort Wayne is went with the NCAA tournament. We don't know anything. So it's like my career. But uh, I'm so happy they fa- they um, rescued two hostages. God bless them. Unfortunately, we also lost some soldiers in the um, Israeli army, young, young people. It's just the whole thing is just awful. Just the dying and the uh, the whole thing's horrible. But, you know, we're going to survive. The anti-Semitism is through the fucking roof and it's ridiculous. So that's that. I hope you enjoy, which you have to enjoy part two of my conversation with Gabe Dunn and um, just sit back and relax and uh, I'll talk to you after. There's a bunch of things I want to get to. I want to talk about your trans journey um, as an LGBT Q plus person. Sure. Um, I love the things that you've you've said about it. But, you know, just for people, I just. I'm in the community. Yeah, I know trans people. Mm -hmm. I have no I mean, I'm a lesbian. I was out when most people weren't out. But yeah. And I know you're you're. You are very into, as I am, representation and not, and how important that is. But I think a lot of people, I'm, as I mentioned, 61, but I look 40. A lot of people, even in my community. Yeah. Don't get it. Yeah. And I try, I talk about it 
you know, in my act, uh, you know, I try to explain you're not changing your sexuality. You're changing your gender. Like, I know what it's like to be in the closet as a lesbian. I know what it's like mm-hmm. it, to deal with the AIDS. I know what it's like to not be able to tell anyone because you could get fired because you could not get an apartment because you, yep. you know, whatever, all that stuff. I lived through, you know, the AIDS, all that. Mm-hmm. But to be in the wrong body, I mean, I, well, it's, oh. it's hard because I don't, I, I, well, it's, it's like kind of nuanced because a lot of people who do transition, their sexuality does change yes. maybe because person- they feel more comfortable to explore or they feel like, okay, now I can sort of, because there's like a, maybe a misunderstanding where they think, oh, it must be that I'm a lesbian. And then they realize, no, right. it just meant that like, you know, what's the path of least resistance, I guess, to be a lesbian, which is kind of funny, but no, I remember, I mean, look, I remember you being out when I was young. I remember, and not to say what your experience was, but I'm sure that was detrimental to your career. I'm sure that it was not, I think a lot about the people who were out when I was younger, um, like you, Leah Delaria, Scott Thompson, you know, like all these people who uh, kind of were out at this time. And I think the younger generation does not appreciate or know about the people that are around you and Scott and Leah's age or whatever, the other people, like, I don't think they take into account that it was um, hostile and like not great. And, um, you know, I think sometimes there's this expectation of people to understand all the new stuff that's going on or not even new because obviously people were trans or, or there was always gender nonconforming, you know, there's Lou Sullivan, there's, uh, Marsha P. Johnson, you know, all these people who were always that way, but, um, there's definitely more visibility from people who paved the way. And, and I think sometimes there's this unwillingness to, to understand that I, I can understand someone getting their hackles up by being like, okay, well, I did all this stuff and it was like hard for me. And then I I think there's like a writing off of people who, I mean, I'm like, you don't even, you can't even begin to understand the AIDS crisis and the way it was handled. And so I think there's kind of a flippant thing where, and that results in a reaction to that, which is, well, fuck you then. Right. I don't understand I, your First of all, I, I just want to, I want to say thank you. Oh, of course. Um, because I, I'm not one, you know, who's like, oh, I, you know, I paid for the, I, I don't, I'm not that person. I, I do think there is this willful, willful ignorance about yeah. our history. And yeah. also, it, I see in a lot of young, you know, gay and lesbian and bi, not trans uh, right. people that there's this sense of entitlement. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You have no idea. I know. What it was like. And it wasn't that long ago. And, yeah. you know, and that's where I'm like, hey. You're on the wrong side. Do your, do your due diligence. Learn your history. I mean, Learn how we got to this place. I think that uh, there's a, 
like say what you want about Ellen DeGeneres, but like that was crazy. And also like right. Laura Dern almost lost her career for being in that episode. Like yeah. they, there's no, like we were talking about this with someone yesterday, the concept of being out in high school. And I was like, I, I often refer to it as pre-glee. It was a pre-glee era where people yeah. were not out in high school. Some people were, some people definitely were. One of my exes was my boyfriend now was out in high school but like, uh, to me, that was unthinkable. And so like, I do think that that there's a butting of heads, particularly with people that are trans and gender nonconforming with LGB older people. And, right. and so for me, it's like, okay, there's a lot well, of nuance. Yeah, but like, you're not like, yeah, I don't I think, think it I was, comes from both directions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was not, I don't think I was born in the wrong body. I think also gender and sexuality are, are intrinsically linked sometimes. For, I think sometimes for trans people, we are so concerned with coming off perfect. Like, well, gender and sexuality are very different. And also like, this is my clear narrative. I was born in the wrong body and, and I, I wanted, I knew when I was very young and this is like, I'm never having doubts and I'm very sure. And like, because if you say you have doubts, they're going to take your healthcare away. If you say anything less than the perfect trans narrative, they're not going to let you transition and they're going to make laws against you. So there is this push to be like, well, I'm always very sure and I've never, which I relate back to the the perfection that queer people, that LGB people needed to have in order to gain marriage because right. you needed to act like I'm, I'm not slutty. I don't have AIDS. I'm very right. perfect. I just want to be with one person for the rest of my life. I all we want is oh to be my just God. Like Christian, Christian normative people. Like, yeah. how do you? You know what? I I love you saying that because you know when I came out, I came out as a gay parent, and I talked about what it was like, you mm -hmm. know, having kids and and all the shit people said. You know, and 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 I, I've said this before. I came out because I had a child, mm -hmm. uh, but it was precisely because of him that it made it easier for me because it was a way to get in where people could relate. Oh, relate and so that's what she just wants to have a child just like me. Right. Right. Element and, of queerness. That's like, we're just like you. We're just like you. Like, see, I'm trans. That's and why I'm Pete Buttigieg like and Chase. Boy. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg and Chase didn't annoy me with that. Like we're just, you know, they're like, you know, we're just making the eggs and trying to get the kids off to school. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm talking in a Southern accent, but I, I feel like saying I did that 30 years ago. I had mm -hmm. that narrative 30 years ago to get in, you know, and let you know we exist. Our families are are intact, are, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I love what you're saying. You went from bisexual. You identified as bisexual first, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when did you realize I'm bisexual? Oh my God. I don't know. I was like 12. Yeah. Um, right. When you, saw, which right when you go through puberty. Yeah. Well, I saw the play rent and mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be Maureen so bad. And it's kind of funny because, um, I really related to Mark. I loved Anthony yeah. Rapp as Mark. I Mark loved Cohen. that character. I was like, I'm yeah. Mark. When we would dress up with our friends as the characters, I was always Mark. I wanted to be Mark. Um, but then when it came to like the Mark and Joanne, both being obsessed with Maureen, I was like, well, I gotta be Maureen. I love it. And, um, and also she was like kind of fun and self-centered and like, um, I used to do this bit when I did stand up where I was like, 
the the hard truth is when you think that you're a Liz Lemon, but it turns out you're a Jenna Maroney. Like right. I would always be like, oh, you think you're Liz, but you're actually right. like this kind of flighty name droppy dum dum. But um, yeah. But I I saw that and I and I loved her and I loved Adina Menzel. Oh my god, I loved oh. her. I was obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, and like, so I would have these things. I was like to my parents, I was like, how did you not know? I had a full page poster of Lindsay Lohan in a bikini. The picture of her where she's got her hair. She's like, I'm sure the gays know. It's like a very right. iconic photo of her. And I was like, I had that up in my room. And they were right. like, yeah, when we would ask, you would say she's a really good actress. Is she? Um, but, <laughs> but so ridiculous. Um, but they were like, but you also oh, had posters of guys. And I was like, yeah, like Seth Myers. Like, are you kidding? But anyway, so, <laughs> so I, um, so yeah, I mean, I would identify with these, with these guys who were a little bit like effeminate. And so I wanted to be Maureen, but I looked back, it's kind of funny. Um, I looked, so that's the way I learned the word bisexual was in rent. But I, I looked back at, um, a friend of mine found these letters that I had written her in middle school, she was at summer camp and I had, or I was at camp and I was sending her letters and she sent me, she was like, Oh my God. And she sent them to me and I was legitimate. Like they were funny, but I was also legitimately gagged because I thought I was so closeted. And also I thought there were no gender giveaways. There was no gender anything. And I sound so fucking gay in these, in these, I can't (laughs) believe I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so closeted. No, I, I like literally write about having a crush on Emma Watson. Don't ever consider that. The, I'm like, LOL, what a joke. Or like, there's one part that I was genuinely like so taken aback by where I'm talking about not liking someone. And I was like, I want to tell him to suck my, I want to have a cock just so I could tell him to suck my cock. <laughs> what the fuck? What? You identify as bi. Yeah. Um. Your pair, I, I love when you say, how did you not know? Like, that's the same. I am the same. I was the same way. Like, hello. But my, you know, it's funny because my brother, who I wasn't that close with growing up, but now, you know, once your parents are dead, then, mm-hmm. you, you know, and my sister was shocked. And I'm like, and I, I mean, I had well, boys. Na- I was like, call me Ringo. Call yep. me Robert. Yes. I was like, sh- I had my hair really. Yes. Sure. I mean, I wanted yeah, whatever. I, I but never it manifested wanted to- for people as me being boy crazy because I was like right. obsessed with Michael J. Fox, which when I found out mm-hmm. Back to the Future was an old movie and he was a grown up, devastating. Um, <laughs> but I like, but I, I like would so I would say, oh, well, you guys should call me Michael J. Fox because I love him. But like people would just be like, oh, Gabe's boy crazy, right? And there wasn't really any knowledge of gender. So they'd be like, oh, Gabe right. just wants us to call Michael her Michael yeah. J. Fox because because he loves Michael J. Fox. Yeah. I have to say that, you know, this generation, your generation has 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 helped me identify uh-huh. that I'm not I'm non-binary. I, I didn't have the you know, like people are wow. always like the words, the words. And it's like, oh, right. I have yeah. always been non-binary. I don't want, I'm not, when I see a bunch of girls. Yeah. I have nothing in common, like, you know, in their, in their skirts and their, sh- see, like. 
It's it's all like even gender performance being tied to sexuality, which there are butch women who are like, I right. don't, I, it's not like it's 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 how you feel. But like gender and gender presentation are sort of divorced from each other. And also it's interesting because one of the big moments for me of of feeling like something gendery was going on was similar where we were like at a restaurant, a bunch of us and the waiter came over and he was like, what can I get you ladies? And I was like, who the fuck is he talking Ugh. to? Ladies? Right. What ladies? Yeah. And, I, it's, I like, like, and uh, it's a him, of course. Yeah. yeah. Do you, well, I had so, a joke. I used to do a joke where I was like, whenever people are like, oh, you used to be a lady. Like when, and I'm like, no, I was a woman. I was never a lady. Yeah. I was <laughs> never a lady either. Yeah. I was a cunt. Um. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity, and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor. I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing. And so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay, and factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay, Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get... 50% 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So when did you know, I need to transition. I need to, how, can you just talk a little bit about that journey yeah. of, oh, like, uh, you know, because there, when you are in our community, there are a mm-hmm. lot of, oh, oh, okay. You it know, it was like little, 
moments. It was all these little moments. And then like looking back too, like wanting to be called, you know, Michael J. Fox and being obsessed with Niles from Frasier. Every guy I was obsessed with was effeminate. Lance from, like, I loved David Hyde Pierce. I loved him. But like thinking oh back, it's God. like you wanted you to be him. Nerd. I, I know. Love it. I wanted yeah. to be him because he was so in love with Daphne. And I thought that was so cool right. to be like an effeminate right. guy with a girlfriend. What? Yeah. Um, and like, you know, and and so all of these things. And I think I didn't know about transness. So I was like, well, I'm queer in some way. So it's got to be bisexual. But um, then I still am bisexual. But I, it was very small. And also it was things that I was like, I couldn't possibly. Like I was like. Well, I couldn't possibly cut my hair. And then you do it and you're like, okay, I couldn't possibly change my name. That would be so crazy. That would be so annoying to people. Then it was easy. I couldn't possibly change my pronouns. That would be so annoying to people. A lot of it was not wanting to inconvenience others. Right. Right. Uh, There's your mother. Yeah. And also like, I just was like, well, it would be crazy. Like every step of the way I would take months being like, that would be so nuts if I did that. And then I would pull the mm-hmm. trigger and I'd be like, that was actually fine. And, and like you, now and, it's and so after normal. You pulled, yeah. When you pulled the trigger on these steps, mm-hmm. were you like relieved per step? Like, yeah. oh, yeah. right. This, yeah. Yeah. It was um, so, and, it, and I take it for granted now because it's so normalized and I try really hard not to. Like I try to think like even I, I've said like even if I went back to being a woman, I'm so glad I, I don't have tits. Can you imagine? So cumbersome. So annoying. Yeah. And I, I have them. I have them. They're, oh, it's it's funny because my aunt was like, I wish I had top surgery. And I was like, you can get it. It doesn't really make it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, cis people yeah. can get that if they want. But it just was like and then I put a shirt on and I'm like, oh, yeah, remember I used to have boobs. That's so weird. And but like at the time I was like, I couldn't possibly or like when I hear my like um, there's like a TV character with my old name and people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like if that comes on or something and I'll be like, I don't even register it as my name. Right. Like it doesn't even ping for me as somebody's talking to me. Right. So like it's just so funny. Like it just so I try really hard to like take a take stock of what's become normalized and not take it for granted. And be like, you know, all the like all these things that I thought were impossible or like I look back on old pictures of myself or like we reposted an old episode of the podcast and all the fans were like for the holidays, all the fans were like, who the fuck is that talking? And then even my co-host, we got like an episode back and and my co-host was listening back to it and she wrote back to the to the editor, who is this? And. That's the editor crazy. was like, that's Gabe. And my co-host right. was like, what? Like wow. in the ads, we had to like redo the what? ads because it doesn't sound like me. Right. And what, what is it when you, I mean, there is stuff on the internet. I know. Um, before Gabe. Um, I know. What is. More than what, not. Yeah. Now, what does that feel like when you, I don't know if you watch it or. Sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you look at that other person, Mm -hmm. what does it feel like? I mean, I think I'm like, she existed. She seemed like she was having a good time. Like, I do think it was a lot of, because I was a a very like peacocky woman. I always had bright hair colors, bright makeup, um, little dresses, like 
uh, I remember I was like, who was she? I went into BuzzFeed like to work in an office that with these like red stripper heels that I had bought on Melrose that I thought were like <laughs> appropriate for work. Like a right. lot of my, when I, what I dressed like as a woman, a lot of it was a little bit of a come at me, bro. Like I'd be like, what are you going to say? You're going to tell me? Because you wanted that. You wanted that interaction where yeah. you could say, no, I'm not who you think I am. Yeah. It was drag. I mean, I was in drag. Like, yeah. One of the big clues was with my ex, I would say, whenever I would like shave my legs, I'd be like, ooh, a woman. Have you ever seen a woman? She's a woman. Or I would like get all dolled up in my like little drag thing. And I'd be like, wow, look at this woman. Like, ooh, the full one time my ex was like, you literally got dressed up and then said, I'm giving you the lady experience. And he was uh, like, what? Like women get dressed and they don't think, ooh, look at this costume I've put on. Right, right, right. Um, Which is, I've heard you say Halloween is your favorite holiday. And I is. think that for a lot of trans people, Halloween is. is their favorite. Because when they were kids, they could finally, for one day. Yeah. Um, You talked about, I heard you talk about being bi mm -hmm. and being trans. Which mm -hmm. is so Interesting, because for the first time in your life, you're actually dating gay men. Um, yeah, on the apps. Or, or, right. And also, I thought it was so interesting when I heard you say, um, you know, when you're trans and you're with someone and they don't know you're trans when you're talking you know, to them. Yeah. You're, yes. And then you go home with them and they freak out and they hate you. You know, which ha will happen. Yeah, I mean, I um, would never, it's harder for a trans guy to do that, although you can get right. bottom surgery. I would never not tell someone. I also don't pass. That's the other thing. But like right. people I know you who do yeah, pass. You talked about passing versus um, yeah. not passing. Mm -hmm. You said you're jealous of people who can pass, but they have their own kind of hell as well. Yeah, where like, you know, it's interesting. My boyfriend is also trans and he passes. And he also had small enough. Is he enough Jewish? No. Fuck. Come on, he, Gabe. He didn't even know enough about Jewish people to know the stereotypes. He oh was like, God. he's from a small town in, in the state of Washington. And he was like, oh God. when I'll be like, well, you know, they say Jews talk a lot. And he was like, do they? Like, he doesn't even have any idea. <laughs> oh, my God, Judy, the funniest thing happened. I was talking about anti-Semitism and I was like, can you? And I was like, yeah, they think that Jews all own really expensive apartments in Manhattan. Can you believe that? And he was like, oh, is it because you own apartments in Brooklyn? And I was like, <laughs> what? Oh and he was like, that's where you guys are, right? In Brooklyn? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, I'm dealing a lot with the anti I mean, you're, yeah. you have to deal with the anti-Semitism and the transphobia. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, so he about, passes, he yeah, passes. Yeah, he pa and so his thing is like, is like, well, he, I'm like, they won't even talk to me because they know I'm trans. And he's like, well, imagine you're talking to someone and vibing, you mention you're trans and then they stop talking to you. Yeah. And I was like, right. That does seem bad as well. Right. It's a yeah. complete rejection. It's like you, you know, and it's so what's interesting about that is those people are completely cutting themselves off. If you if you are relating to someone and you, you know, sparks right. are flying and then you're like that, that's that is you that is that other person's huge fucking problem. 
right. that you can't deal with that part of yourself. Thoughts on, um, I don't know if I should even bring this up. Um, what, the anti-Semitism going on right now? And also the queers for Palestine uh-huh. uh, and the anti-Semitism and this, you know, it's so hard, I find, to be nuanced in this argument. Um, or not argument to say, you know, look, I'm a Jew. I, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to innocent people on either side of this situation. I do want Hamas obliterated. I will say one thing that has been interesting and, and I obviously like, I don't want, I don't want Palestine to be blanket rocket, rocket bombed. I think that's horrendous. But it is interesting. I will say that one thing that is interesting is that as a Jew, I grew up hearing about Hamas. I grew up, I grew up hearing about Hamas. This is not new to me. I've seen these problems go back and forth constantly. I had, I lost a friend in high school to a suicide bombing. Um, I heard about suicide bombings. Yeah, it was crazy. It's like, it was a big one. It was like on the news and stuff because an American was killed. So it was like huge. Mm -hmm. It was like the Israeli embassy and the diplomats. And it was like this huge thing that this American had been, had been killed in a suicide bombing. And it was like really jarring at my school. And it like really defined a lot. I had a lot of people die at my high school and it was a very small school, but so, so, uh, so he, he passed away very violently And, um, and it was awful and it like blanketed my high school time. It was like a big moment. And, um, and so it's interesting to talk to people who kind of found out about this in October. Right. And are now experts. Yeah, it is. And like, I get it, but it's, and I get it. And I know that it's all horrible, but it, I don't, and I'm, I, I don't, it feels a little disorienting. Like, I, I mm-hmm. get that the, there's no nuance to, like, a genocide, and I, like, totally understand that, but it is slightly disorienting to speak to people who are like, can you believe this? And I'm like, yeah, I can. Right. It, in fact, has been going on since I was, I I remember hearing about this in the third grade. Like, right. this is this is 30 years or, or more yeah. of me hearing about Hamas did this, then Israel did this back, then Hamas did this, then Israel did this back. Right. Like, this is not new. So it's sort of right. interesting that it's become the 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 cause du jour when there are other genocides going on, and I'm sure people like right like everyone was super into Darfur there, and then they Syria? forgot about it. Yeah, everybody. And they do, I do believe it is. I do believe a lot of this is anti-Semitism, and I, yeah. I you know, like I'm a generation before you. My father served in World War II, so I've been hearing, you know. I, it's the anti-Semitism that really fucking drives me up a fucking wall. You know, I think, like I think some people are very genuine and I think some people are like, now's our time. And I also think that I grew up around a lot of Zionism for better, for, for probably for worse in terms of my ability to parse through this stuff. And you know, they get you in a certain way. Like my grandparents were in the Holocaust. We lost like almost everyone. It's kind of a weird thing where I was at like a wedding. I was at a wedding and the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom is a nutcase. And she was like, she kind of tries to get you in certain ways. 
So she mm-hmm. was like, oh, can you believe, like, I'm sorry, our side is so small. All of my relatives died. She's not Jewish. And I said, right. oh, yeah, if I got married, my side would be really small, too, due to the Holocaust. Because I can right. go toe to toe. You want to be weird? I'll right. be weird right back. Yeah. And and I think that that's a thing that people don't think about. So, I mean, I have a different experience, right? I speak Hebrew. I'm in a WhatsApp group with a lot of people who are in Israel. I I have had a person I know pass away in a suicide. I think there is a, a difference in Judaism. I, I think there are Jews who I was sort of figuring out in the last few months are mostly Seinfeld Jews. They're Jews who right. like- Yeah, who yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but they're, and I don't mean Seinfeld, the man, I mean, Seinfeld, the show, like right. they're Jews who are like, they never talk about, you know, they never mentioned they were Jewish on that show. And yet they were so Jewish. Right. Or, or you they're know. Jewish now. And they're right. like, well, I, I'm Jewish. So my opinion holds this weight, which it absolutely does. And I think it's great for Jewish people to be like, please do not genocide. But it also right. is interesting because I feel again, a little disoriented because I think people speak to me as though I am just like a Hollywood Jew and they don't realize like when I, when I talk to a lot of people my age, they're like, well, we're all atheists. And I'm like, no. And they're like, what? And I was like, I go to synagogue. Like I go to synagogue. Like I like, I speak the language. I like, this was like in October was when a lot of people in my life almost realized I was Jewish. (laughs) Right. And not Jewish in a way that was like Seinfeld Jew, but Seinfeld, yeah. They were like not I'm I'm religious. But they're like Yeah, but I'm Oh yeah. You're Jewish. You know people in the in in Israel and you talk to people there and you and like again, like that doesn't make me a Zionist in any way. But it's it's a connection to the situation that is Diff, I found to be different than my peers. And I agree with them. I, get it. I absolutely agree I get with it. them, but I'm coming at it from a place that is a little bit more entrenched than I found right. my you peers have, to be. You have facts and nuance. And, and, you and know, I might be I, wrong. Also, there's a thing where right. like, I might be just totally, I'm not even, I, I fully stand with them and I fully understand and I get it. But what has... And I, but, uh, and I'm not saying this has colored my opinion in any way, but it, it is jarring for people to suddenly be like, oh, you're like Jewish. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's where the anti-Semitism, because I, I know this will, may upset you. I am a Zionist. I believe Israel has a right to exist and they oh, have a right to defend themselves. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I also think the Palestinians deserve their own place. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, was, have always been a two state solution. It's a nuanced thing because I don't want anything bad happening to that. I mean, it's just, it, it's, I do it's, think, it's, I, I, I think that it's, I'm, I'm very anti-military. Like I'm not being like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not like in any situation, I'm not like, thank God the U S army went into Iraq. Like I'm not, right. I think that there should not be, Carpet bombing. I think that that we've got too many weapons. And I just was like listening to this six part podcast about Henry Kissinger. And like, there's too many weapons. There's too much defense funding. There's too like, I don't want I don't even want the U.S. defending themselves in that way. Like, I don't want. Yeah. 
I think that the military spending is what has caused all of these problems. And, and Israel has become extremely like militaristic with like uh, overuse of weapons, overuse of bombing. Uh, and so like, I, I don't want any country doing that. We all saw Oppenheimer, but uh, yeah, I don't want like any country I doing that. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't well, seen it yet. Well, I don't want, I don't want anybody it. doing, I don't want anybody doing any of that. Uh, I agree. So I'm with you on that. So I've always been very like anti-war, anti-military. Although then it's even harder because I understand why people join the military in the U.S. because we don't have economic things in place and we don't make it easy for them to have any other options, which I feel is on purpose. My sister-in-law joined the Navy because she wanted to be a doctor and she didn't know how to pay for that. Like it, it's all connected to poverty and to like brainwashing and economic quality. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's all tied together. And I think that leads to genocides in a lot of places. And, um, and so I, I don't, for me, yeah, I don't want there to be a genocide, but I also think logistically, where is everyone going to go? But I'm not a I'm not a geopolitical expert, but I right. just it's also interesting who I I don't know. I, I feel like I have to unpack some stuff, but I also yeah. feel closer. Like the day that it happened, my WhatsApp group was going nuts looking for people that I went to school with. That is right. a different experience. Yep. Than the Seinfeld Jews are having. Yeah, that's not to say it's good or bad. I love, I it's love just that. A I'm using that. Experience. Can I steal that? Yeah. Can I steal Seinfeld juice? Yeah. yeah. It's just a different experience because yes. it's, I think it's very easy for someone who has no connection to the place to say, right. well, yeah, get rid of it. But I think it's harder. Was, yeah, and maybe I, was, I am brainwashed, you know, maybe losing someone in a suicide bombing has colored everything for me. I don't know. But it's of different. course it has. It feels you different. Can't not, it can't not. Like I was just there on an LGBTQ plus mission with oh. the wider bridge. And, and uh, I was there in June yeah. and, you know, we marched in the Jerusalem parade and, you know, whatever. But yeah. I, I was reaching out to my friends there. Right. You know, we are all as Jews, even the Seinfeld Jews, you're one degree of separation away from someone I, living, you know, I, I and, just think, I just think, Yes, but it is interesting because I think there is a cultural, I think one, I think there's a lot of cringy stuff that people are doing. The pro-Israel people are really, I'm sometimes I see stuff and I'm like, this is not helpful. Please stop. Right. This is going to cause anti-Semitism actually, because you're equating it so much with anti-Zionism that now we're going to have problems. Um, But I also think it's hard because I'll see I agree with their point and I'll see pro-Palestinian people post something and I'll be like, yes, but I agree you, with but you. Can't, here's but the problem. Like, you I say agree pro- with you, but you don't, but there's, it, it, this is an example is they were citing a biblical thing that I grew up learning the Torah. So I know the context for that phrase and they'll be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, can you believe this phrase? Which I understand is bad. And I understand proves their point. And I understand is their point that they're making is important and and needed. And it's an emergency because people are being genocided. But I know from having studied Torah for 20 years that that is actually being taken out of context. But I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or if that's just make like causing more 
then it makes it look like I'm a Zionist. Like, I don't know. Like a friend of mine posted something that was like, oh, Gal Gadot changed her name to be more Israeli. That makes her a colonizer or whatever. And I know that that, or like there was a thing that was like, this was what it was. It was like Benjamin Netanyahu's real name is this. So he's not even Jew. Like it's not a Jewish name. And I know that that's not true, that they're they're confusing it with his grandfather. But is it like, but then if I message that person and say that's not true, it's not that I'm Zionist. It's not that I'm pro, I'm not pro-Palestine. It's that I'm trying to be like, you're saying the wrong thing and your message is getting fucked up. But like, here's the thing with the, you know what I feel like there, you know, because I've tried to explain to other people and they just come back at me like, and it's like, you don't want to know, like, like the term pro-Palestine, like I'm pro-Palestinian, I'm anti-Hamas. So I hate that, you know, I just want them. I want the people who are fighting against genocide to have all of the correct information. But I also am like, okay, so is it better for them to fire this off as an emergency to stop people being carpet bombed? Or is it better for them to have the right information? And is it worth it for me to say something? And I just think the right information. I mean, you're a journalist. That's what I also want to say. It feels feels like fighting semantics, but it also is a little bit difficult for me to see stuff that I know is slightly off. But I also mm-hmm. know that people don't know it's slightly off because they don't have the education that I have. So is it even worth, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, We're not going to solve ha- it here. I know. I know. I, I totally, I to- okay. I, I'm getting like, we have to wrap it up. But I know I have we have more. to wrap up. Yeah. I know. But I love you. I love you. <laughs> um. I, I wanted, next time we talk, I really want your, I really want to get your thoughts on the media and how they fucked up this country. Um, yeah. And the world. Um, oh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Oh, God. Okay, so here's <laughs> the last two questions that I ask okay. all my podcast guests. Okay. All right, ready? Yeah. Number one, what do you, I know you're bipolar. You're, bi, you're <laughs> bi, and you're bi, bi, bi. You're bipolar, you're bisexual. And bilingual. What do you do? And bilingual. Yeah. Woo! I know, all um, of what them. Do you, what do you do for your mental health? We're a very pro mental health podcast. What do you do for your mental health? Besides, I mean, I I'm on drugs. Uh, yeah. Know. Well, right now I, I get fixated on stuff right now. I play two games on the internet called cinema grids and movie grids. Can't recommend them enough. Uh, and it's just okay. like making, um, connections like this, this actor was in this movie with this or like trying to be like, what is a movie that you know, this director has done that is one word. Like, so it just turns my brain off where I'm just right. like, do, like I, I'm a movie, I'm a cine, cinephile. So I'm just like, and then, and then I'm upset if I can't get, um, like, if I'm like, how come I don't know what movie Amy Adams did, blah, blah, blah. So, right. You know, that's where I can focus my anger. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the podcast is called Kill Me Now, although I really kind of want to change it because it's not the full breadth of what we do here. But the reason it's Kill Me Now is because I get annoyed at every fucking, I like, I am my mother times a thousand where <laughs> I get so annoyed at you. So what pisses you off more than anything that makes you so fucking crazy? And it could be anything. Um, but what really makes you fucking mad? Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have a list of people I hate on my podcast. It's like a top five (laughs) types of people I hate and it changes all the time. But number three consistently is child 
vlogger, influencer, mommies that put their kids on the internet. Oh, I love that. That is consistently number three. And then one, two, four, and five changes. But three is always mommy vloggers, family vloggers. No, fuck that. I am 150%. Like when I go, well, we don't go on auditions anymore. We now we go on tape. But when I would go and I would see these mothers with their kids and they're like, go over it again, do it. And I was like, oh my, what the fuck are you doing? Awful. Gypsy Rose Lee. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's it's horrible. I hate it. I I hate it too. It's bad parenting. Um, Gabe, you are fucking phenomenal. You're so fucking smart. I really wanted to see you when I come to LA. Okay. Um, oh, look at how you go. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll work that out. Um, but you're just great. And your your content, you're just putting out quality. I love you. You're great. Thanks. Where, where can people find all the time? (laughs) I know. Same. Um, where, where can people find you? Well, I don't know when this comes out, but I'm, I'm working on my debut feature film and we're fundraising right now. So you can go to my Instagram at Gabe S Dunn and there's a seed and spark that you can please donate to, but also either way we're shooting in March, but I would love to have the money to do so. Yeah, there'll be, this'll be on before then. Well, we um, locked in that we locked in the, uh, the location and all the crew and all the actors. So it's happening whether I like it or not. Uh, I'm so proud of you. That's so Thanks. great. Um, if anyone thank wants you to invest in the movie, let me know. <laughs> yeah, gay best at gay best done. Yeah. Gabe Shane done. Gabe, Gabe Shane. Shane Gabe, thank you so. I can't thank you enough. Oh, of course. Uh, you're you're great. Thanks. Thank you so much, Gabe. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to part two of my interview with the amazing Gabe Dunn. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, and marketed and whatevered and scheduled and everything by Brittany Joe Sowards Richmond. Um, we, uh, f- if you have not subscribed and left a review, please do so. Please. It really helps. It does help. What else do I have to tell you? I do have some gigs coming up, but I'm not sure uh, they are 100%. So I'm not telling you what they are, but they... One could be in Minneapolis on the 21st or in Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah. So that's, that's what's going on. What else did I have to say? I don't know. Nothing. I just, I I really, I, I hope we get more hostages. I'm really sick of the Biden Trump thing. I'll get into that in my rant next week. I don't know. I don't know. I just hope you have a wonderful wonderful day and I just want to thank you all so much for listening and as we always say so long oh the Super Bowl I never said anything about the Super Bowl they won Kansas City it was fun we watched it at the Comedy Cellar I can't believe I just ended and then came back Um, so no one's going to hear this unless they they listen to the end so thank you for listening to the end so yeah I forgot to talk about the Super Bowl but who cares um and as we always say, so long. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.